Let's do this fucking thing. How are you doing today, Rodney? Oh, dude, I'm well. I'm well. I uh, Busy season, you know. Um, come winter, you just kind of hunker down. And you get ready for winter, especially being in Michigan. You know what it is to be in the Midwest. And, yeah. You know, just uh, continue doing what you're doing, but you're adding this thing called snow. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's snowing in uh, Illinois today. Um, so you're, you're a chef, right? So that's what you mean mm-hmm. by the busy season. Yeah. I mean, except for, for the, it's more videography that I do as of late, I've stepped away from the kitchen the last few years, still very okay. much in my own home, home kitchen, still very much kind of, I don't want to say consulting cause I don't get paid for it, but I'm still very active in the community. It's not something that you ever truly get rid of. This is the truth. Um, but I feel that, you know, my time in, I guess, commercial kitchens is done. You know, I'm, I, yeah. it, I, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's not the same beast that it was. And I believe that if I went back on that ship, I probably wouldn't make it back to land. Yeah. Well, hey, let's, before we, before we peel the page back, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for folks that are tuning in and may not be aware of who you are. Who is yeah, Roger sure. from Deliciously yeah. Dope TV? <laughs> and while uh, while my, you explain, I'm gonna put hmm? my Rodney costume on. <laughs> well, we got a costume. All right, here it is. Here it is. Ah, there it is. Yes, yes. Fuck yeah. Listen, I don't care what they say. Mimicry, mimicry is a, a form of flattery, man. I'm with it. Um, yes, I dude. Appreciate you. Uh, my name is Chef Rodney Leinhardt. Um, I've been behind the stove, as it were, for going on 28, 29 years now. Um, started really young, you know. Um, uh, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I stepped away and created this thing called Deliciously Dope TV. It has since evolved into this just wild and crazy time. Um, some of my wildest dreams have come true and some of my biggest nightmares, you know, and so I'm terrified every day, you know, is this going to be the last day of Deliciously Dope? But I, I started doing that and uh, it's just been wildly successful. I mean, it's it's insane. I'm always busy. It sucks. <laughs> but oh, no, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> to sum it up, some, really. You've had some big names on, like uh, one that I can just think of off the top of my head is the dude off of uh, Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> um, but you've had, you know, plenty of yeah. others. I'm just curious who I haven't, I haven't looked back. Like, how did you start? Who were your original guests and has your show like kind of morphed over time? Oh, uh, how could it not morph over time? You know, uh, you don't want to drive something right into the heart of stagnancy. It, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Charles Bukowski said, find what you love and let it kill you. You know, I, Luckily for me, I guess I have nine lives like a cat. The kitchen damn near killed me, or depending on how you look at it, killed me time and time again. You know, the point is you move on to something else that you're in love with. And I'm still in that puppy dog love phase, you know, with film and everything that I'm doing. Um, I have been burnt, you know, she's not responded to a couple texts, you know how it is, you know, but the truth is, is like, once you start filming shit, and people are like, oh, I never thought of that. Or like, hey, why did you film that in Dutch? Or hey, what is Dutch? You know, you become like enamored with that, I guess, just intrinsic value that you're able to, you know, elate in emotions, you know, for people to portray. I mean, they say that words are, you know, forever. That's the truth. 
so are movies. You know, there's a lot of movie references and things that we could use. And, you know, that's kind of like led me to the point. I've always been a cinephile, man. You know, um, I was an odd duck growing up, so I didn't really do, you know, a lot of traveling. Um, I would I would sit back and watch old movies. You know, I was obsessed with the terrible. OK, they're supposed to be terrible at the time. They were great. Godzilla movies where, you know, it's a dude in the suit. You know what I mean? And you're like. That's like the 93rd time he's done that. <laughs> you just look at that and, and you see the, the value there. And it's not until you realize that those people then were doing what you're doing now. And this is what I mean. And this will kind of bring it home. Those people weren't trendsetters back then. They weren't, you know, doing the exact same thing because before them, there wasn't a Godzilla. You know what I mean? They created this Godzilla based off of something that they were told or whatever have you, you know, I just had this conversation last night with Sean Rossler of uh, Trailer Park Boys or not Trailer Park Boys, but uh, Course Grand Private Cast. And then I want to answer you, finish answering your question about Trailer Park Boys, sorry, ADD man, weed. Um, we were talking with Sean Rossler last night and he was, you know, we made the mention of it and I said, you know, or he said, you know, with this new interview with the vampire, it's a series now. Okay, cool. I guess I'm not mad at that. But it's the exact same thing as interview with the vampire, the movie and the book, of course. Give us something different, you know. And that's my point. Once you give somebody something different, you become that Godzilla movie. That's my. That's what I'm saying. And by paying homage to that, I'm creating something that really doesn't exist. There's things out there similar, yeah, and I won't, I, you know, hello neighbor, you know. And, but at the same time, my niche doesn't really exist. Um, Trailer Park Boys, yeah, Jacob Ralph, man, that's that's my dude right there. Um, I, he really makes me want to go to Nova Scotia, like really just because of him, the only reason. Um, how could you not like Jacob? You know what I mean? Bam. Bam. I think I had you on there, man. Don't don't forget, you're among those ranks, man. You're up there now. Like, look what you <laughs> did. You're proud of that shit, too. I say it like it's a huge thing. It, you know, I don't even know if anybody watches my show. It's not about the views for me. It's about fucking doing it and having fun. That is the truth. And trying to help education. And you know what I mean? You know, I'm just trying to be a good dude and do some good. That's the truth of it, you know? And if I get to make some cool friends and talk to some people from Trailer Park Boys along the way, then so be it. Um, we do call each other a lot more than we probably should. You know what I'm saying? I say that jokingly, uh, but no, we do call and have video sessions all the time. You know what I mean? And uh, talk about different strains. I've given them a few grow tips, not saying I'm a master, but I'm like, hey, I've had success with this, you know, and pass it along. Not the most famous person I've had on the show, okay? So, the most famous person I've had on my show, that is a good question, but I know he's not the most famous. Cult classics, that doesn't count. I would have to say, I had Jimmy Kang from Straight Up Entertainment on my show. Um, people may not know the name. Allow me to explain because it'll make sense. Straight Up Entertainment is the management company of Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, Jimmy Kang is the vice president of Straight Up Entertainment of Wu-Tang Clan. I, was, I first met Jimmy inside of Wu-Tang Studios, all red and black and decked out. Exactly. I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you? And then he told me, I froze the whole show. I froze the whole show. I was like... This is so cool. And I, you know, Inspected Deck was black and it was in my head. And then, and then Kappa, 
just recorded Black is Beautiful. Capadama just recorded Black is Beautiful. And so I'm, I'm listening to that and the so much going on. So that had to be one of the, that was one of the starting moments like ever in my podcast because after, because that wasn't, when I met him, wasn't even my show. All right. When I met him, I was on a show out of Boston called In the Weeds Podcast with Joe Smith uh, and a couple other people. I forget the name. Sorry, but I was part of their panel. And then it just wasn't for me and, you know, kind of separated ways. And I just started doing my own thing. Jimmy Kang was one of those people was like, absolutely. And then I went on his show. Uh, it's like, can I talk 101 or something like that with Lauren Prey? You know, really, really dope sesh, you know, talked about cannabis and things of that nature. Um, and then it just spun out of control, man. You know, a bunch of people from Boston are hitting me up to the point to where I might have to go and try and f see if my red beard actually does fit in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely got to go for that. But no, man, Jimmy Kang, definitely one of the most popular only because, I mean, who doesn't know Wu-Tang Clan? Right. You know, but it, I had no clue. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Jimmy Kang, they're like straight up entertainment. They didn't say anything else. I was like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, boom, he dropped. I was like you just smashed all my motherfucking toes at the same time, like dropping names that heavy, you know? And it's, it's like, damn. And then I got to have a conversation with Big Nate All-Star and Cappadonna. And then Cap was like, yo, no, this studio, we just recorded Black is Beautiful, my man. You guys go check it out. How could you not? So right now, everybody go back to 2020 real quick on Spotify, grab that Black is Beautiful album, scoop that shit up, it's fire. Hell yeah, I talk dude. a lot, sorry. <laughs> no, you're, you're okay, bro. You're okay. Uh, that's why I brought you on to chat, dude. I, you know, cheers. What you got there? Water? Oh, just water. I'm fancy. And that's well, you can't see shit, but it's it's, uh, bit, it's just water. I couldn't tell if you were just bottle. like straight up drinking vodka. I was like, damn, bro. Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I buy this really fancy like it's it's like carbonated juice fizzy shit because I'm not a drinker, but like it's like you know that fake ass wine shit because reasons uh and the glass bottles are actually from france in french and i don't want to throw them out so i do what sure. any you know restaurant would do with glass bottles and i clean them and then i refill them and stick them in my fridge that way i have nice chilled water in glass fuck yeah bro fucking That's weird legit. i know <laughs> no it's not weird you don't mind if i smoke do you not at all not oh, at all dude it, spark that shit up dude it's actually oh. it's a it's a little rude if you don't smoke <laughs> You know. Well, cheers. Cheers. I got this from Red Setter Farms. You know, a little bit of a shout out to those people right there. Had them on the show a while back. Really, really good crew. They were talking about that lemon dozy. If you go back to my episode there on YouTube, you'll find it. And that's what I'm smoking right now. We'll talk about it. But it's fucking good. I'll have to get you some, dude. That had just enough love for you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. Um, well, hey, while we're sparking up. I want to get your gears turning because another reason I brought you on the show, just besides to just chat and I, I've got things to thank you for later. Uh, don't let me Absolutely. forget to do that. Um, but um, I wanted to ask you, you know, we talk about a lot of different things on my show. Mm -hmm. um, and in the past we have talked about Michigan and it's not been a huge focus though, uh, specifically like Michigan's cannabis market. Um, it's not been a huge focus of the, of my show though. Um, okay. you know, and so I guess I'm just wanting to learn more, uh, from somebody who's from Michigan. Can you, I mean, I guess one thing that I specifically would love to learn about that I think you might know about is the MCMA or something mm -hmm. like that. I know um, those people all too well. 
but can you give me like maybe let's like give a little bit of a trajectory up to that and then maybe talk about where we are today or something like that are you able to do that oh absolutely i can give you a general understanding of how michigan came to be cannabis west yeah absolutely cool so let's go back to 2007 2008 medical marijuana is introduced to michigan michigan goes hey we like that so the program starts okay the caregiver program um i'm going to use generalized terms here so if there's any comments questions just reach out to me i'm more than happy to pass along but we're gonna we're gonna do a broad stroke okay um because i do talk too much um so the caregiver program is born now fast forward to 2018 so 10 years later and you have, uh, you know, uh, the adult use is pretty much, you know, being introduced as well. Okay. And then you got adult use. It was like 2018, 2019, 2020, around there. Like it takes a minute for it to get started in your actual society as well. I mean, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's going to, you're going to look out and see everybody smoking. That happens within a couple of days. But yeah, you know, people got to get used to, to the stigma, which is still alive when we're around. But you know, so that happens. Well, the issue with that is nobody in the state of Michigan touched the caregiver program until recreational came around. Okay. Now, I find that suspect as shit, but that's just me and I'm a smart ass anyway. So we're just going to side turn, you know, back for that for now. Now, it's interesting because in order for recreational to pass, to have had passed, they had to use the examples and information because none existed of the caregiver system. And we gave it up willingly because they told us yada, yada, yada. Oh, we were sold a fucking bone we didn't want. You know what I'm saying? That's the point. And now those same people that did that to us are, sent, are attacking the caregiver's rights. Now, those same people just happen to be this little group, not little at all, called the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association, commonly known as the MCMA. And I'd like to go on record right now, if you don't mind, and let them know, fuck the MCMA. <laughs> yes, I will. I'll I don't even really, I'm trying to figure out what they stand for, but I'll go ahead and go with that too. Fuck the MCMA. It's the truth. <laughs> they, 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 they tell the public, hey, we're patients over profits, when in reality, it's a sleight of hand trick, as we all know, okay? Because here's the thing. If you were doing well, okay, as you know, a cannabis dispensary or something like that, then people growing at home aren't your issue. Okay, people growing at home can't afford to purchase your products anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because you tried to drop them in a recession. Nothing makes sense. And so now we have not only caregivers' rights being attacked, but patients' rights. You know, uh, and then alongside that, I mean, this is a whole different conversation that we should not, you know, talk about. Being honest with you, but uh, it's the abortion thing right alongside that. And then you've got all this other shit. In Michigan, it was like, holy shit, I'm glad the right people did the right things about it. And that's all politically say. I don't align with politics much. I don't really give a shit. But the point is, because we're fucked either way. Uh, you really honestly think my one vote matters when there's $185 million pushing that that way? I don't think so. I don't think so. But you go, go say no to that money. All right, then. I wouldn't. That's my point. Anyways, you know, I put somebody through college. All right, then. <laughs> you know, but the fact is, is like, 
in 2018, that's in 2019, 2020, and even more so now, to tell you the truth, we're kind of seeing where it's going to go trajectory wise. There still are people involved in cannabis that absolutely shouldn't be MCMA. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they are telling the public and, and making, trying to make it very well known that caregivers' products uh, are failing testing. Well, here's the thing. A lot of caregivers that I know do get their own COA, which is a certificate of analysis, which is what you get when you test. Just not trying to like mansplain that, but that's how that happens. Now, a lot of do dudes and doodads, if you will, growers, uh, will get that as a badge of honor. Bro, it, it's it's why you, you know, you know, it's why you do it. It's 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 a trophy, man. Wouldn't you? That's like yeah. taking a picture after a dish that you cook. That's so your like truth. report card. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's just like, oh, how good I do. Oh, bet. And then when people get a hold of those COAs, they take it way out of context. Unless, of course, your Miratus Labs in Lansing and completely fail a shit ton of product. Yeah. Their own corporate fucking testing facility that they owned and were proud of is the only one that's ever failed testing and still let product go out into the they didn't do their job. You see what I'm saying? So we're finding out that the more and more that the state tries to get involved with cannabis, you know, in Michigan, the more that honestly, they're fucking it up. Now, then now the big thing is all of these MSOs, multiple state operators for people that don't know, are coming into Michigan, fucking up everything here economically and going, oh, this sucks, and then dipping out. That's not cool because you're ruining a local economy here. You know what I'm saying? Okay, go to any port anywhere in the world. On the face, they're like, we love tourism. It's how we get paid. When you follow those people home, they're like, fuck tourists. I hate it. I don't care what country you're from. You know, you're assholes, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of, you know, the same resentment here. But the truth is, okay, truth is, the best Michigan weed is grown in Michigan. I'm just going to say that. Okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I've had some great weed in a lot of places. Michigan has very good weed. I will say that. Uh, and I don't just say that because I'm here, you know. Um their product tastes like fucking boof, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I've tried it. I've done a side-by-side -side comparison. The same day I knew for, because Weed Maps is all you really need in Michigan. It's pretty dope. Check it out. Not a shout out. I think it's cool. Weed Maps is pretty awesome. It's very helpful for me instead of navigating websites. You still have to, but it doesn't seem so bad, you know, especially when you're high already. Anyway, I found the same strain, which was Animal Cookies, available at a dispensary that it's not going to be named, you know, and it wasn't named. It was black labeled and stuff like that, obviously. And from a caregiver, I obtained bowls and side by side, roll it up and just told people what I thought. I, don't really, I just remember the caregiver weed tasted really metallic. And here's the thing. They're doing what's called remediation to this weed. They're basically x-ray. Did you mean to so, say the dispensary weed tasted yeah. metallic? You yes. said the cultivator weed did. My bad. Switch that. My bad. I was listening no, to that, you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, a little high. <laughs> but anyways, the caregiver weed was where it was at. You know, on, on terp, terpene profiles on point. You know, yeah. um, feeling wise, it was on point. Hell, just feeling it in your hands, man. You know what I mean? You know what good weed feels like. Don't be an idiot. You know, and and like it just felt like everything that I wanted was there. Like I felt happier in that freebasing, carrying up to actually smoking, if you will. You know, whereas with the caregiver product. Dude, like you could see in the video, I literally just crumbled it to dust. Stems were even crumbling. When the stem crumbles like that, I mean, you got a problem. The yeah. packaging data, we don't even talk about that. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
you've got all these corporate entities pushing products like that. And then they're like telling you that they like their customers. That's not how that works. Well, and it's just funny because like, uh, you know, Illinois technically has stricter testing standards than both Michigan adult use and medical. And so if they mm -hmm. want to say that products found on the shelves are definitely safe, it's like safe compared to what? And I don't know, like, I like testing and everything. But like you say, as far as I'm concerned, you know, a good legacy grower will provide a COA. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's, that's what's really funny about, um, you know, when you look at legacy compared to legal, um, it's amazing how legacy actually does better at like everything uh, mm -hmm. compared to legal. So I'm talking packaging, um, uh, d d fucking delivery. Every state mm -hmm. in the United States, legacy customer delivers. service. <laughs> yeah, customer service. Absolutely, you can just text them. You know, um, mm -hmm. you can definitely smell the product beforehand, which is something you can't do in Illinois. Um, I'm just trying to you know draw the contrast between legacy and legal, and it's funny because. Hey, the yeah, worst these... thing that legacy people do is that they're just they they always say they're around the corner. They never are. And five <laughs> hours later they show up. But with you know, with legal Yeah, that's true. There's one on every corner, you know. So it's eh. Yeah, I, I agree. But Sorry. what I guess I was no, 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 that was a perfect that was literally perfect. So I, I appreciate you interjecting with that. Um, but I was just gonna say that, you know, if the government would just make it easier for all of these obviously talented entrepreneurs to to get you know go from legacy to legal uh yeah it would just be a better place but that would be too easy right rodney that would make too much sense it makes sense and that's the problem and the biggest <laughs> issue is this they spend fucking years putting this away okay like locking it away to the point where they thought it was dead and then when they opened up the fucking boot guess what they found all oh, this shit's alive and feral, you know what I mean? Like, and it started taking out guards left and right. And then it's like that whole Resident Evil fucking escaping the fucking hospital shit, you know? And then just stand there like, dun, 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 dun. and then you get the new apocalypse fucking I Legend shit. I'm very high, yes. But I was gonna say, you're high as fuck. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that time, y'all, it's that time, you know? Hey, no, man, I'm fucking jealous, bro. That's, that's so, I like, I was like feeling you. I, I could <laughs> feel it. I was like, damn, you dude, just got to risk transcending. It, hey, I, I was born. I was born to be an entertainer of some sort. And that's that's my mother's quote, you know, and, and <laughs> I never really understood it. It makes a lot of sense now. And I can't call her up and be like, you were right. You know, and that I just doesn't you know, it's not possible. And what what do you think made her say that? Were you just always like a class clown type of dude, like making sure everybody, you know, is smiling or what do you think made her say that? I think the day that I'm able to answer that question is the day that I'm done doing it. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not trying to like swerve it. I think that, you know, I don't, my mom was, were you always person. outgoing or like what? No, <laughs> not at all. But I didn't mind speaking in public. I didn't mind, you know, um, I would rather suffer the loss of, while trying than not even trying at all. You know, and that's the mm -hmm. truth of it. I was, you know, I guess stubborn, you know, and, and this type of hubris growing up, you know, and nothing really bothered me. But at the same time, everything bothered me. I just had certain ways of looking at things. And it's interesting because 
I always try to laugh, man. You know, laughter cures a lot of things. It really does. Um, laughter saved me a few nights. You know what I'm saying? Instead of wanting to just get drunk and, you know, fucking drive my car careening down the street into a tree and just be done with it. I mean, the thought crossed my mind a few times, don't get me wrong, but there was just that level of my life. You know, um, I think somewhere screaming in the background, you know, fade to black here, a little bit of narration, my mom telling me you, you're supposed to do this. It totally made sense, you know, and then it got worse because I had friends who were like, no dude, like that. Yeah, no, you know, and shit like that. I've never really felt like, I feel like I'm being like guided somewhere, if that makes any goddamn sense, which is fine. You know what I mean? And I'm dope with that. But like, I feel like I let everybody down because I'm not, you know, an, an entertainer or whatever yet. You know what I'm saying? But that's just imposter syndrome, which is a whole nother fucking mess. Of I was going to say, but bullshit. you are though, you are an entertainer. You've got, I mean, just by sheer matter of fact, you've got a YouTube channel, people tune in, people do watch. I know that. You asked that earlier. You said, I don't even know if people watch. People do watch. I watch. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I've got at least I'm not one saying fan. I, watch I appreciate every- you. <laughs> no, no, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm just curious, do you have any moments that you feel are worth sharing that you, you've kind of alluded to it a few times mm-hmm. now where like it maybe in the past – you've dealt with some dark times or, or whatever else. And so I guess the question I'm asking, I know I'm going out on a limb by asking it, but do you no, have anything good. that you think is worth sharing for folks that maybe are currently going through a dark time? Do you have, do you have any, what, you know, laughing, you mentioned laughing worked for you. I do. do you any- I do have one good story. Now, if you don't mind, um, I don't no, mind at all. Know. Take, take the <laughs> wheel, bro. Take the wheel. That's why I invited you on. Take the wheel, bro. I think now that I think about it, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recant my statement, you know, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to not answer the question, but I'm going to tell you what I think might be one of the answers. I think that my mom says that because my family is full of storytellers and this is the truth, you know, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, we're trying to explain directions, even whether it's meeting someone new, that's, we're just uh, charismatic. My other brothers, not really so much. So maybe, you know, um, the odd duck, right? I don't know. But it also sounds like that whole, like, hey, kid, you can do it, you know, like kind of gumption type of talk. And I'm just not really vibing that either. Like, I don't know what I want. But at the same time, I know that those kind of don't really, they, they it's like, you know, backhanded compliments. Thanks. You know, so it is what it is. But I feel that like storytelling is what I want to do. It's what I'm good at. And so I do have one real good story. It's for my religious people out there. Okay. And uh, not to kind of spin this in a different direction, but it's a very good story. And I learned something from it. Have you ever seen the devil? Have you, do you believe in the devil? Do you believe that there is a heaven and a, and a hell? You know, not to get all religious with you, but is it possible to conceive that there could be a heaven or it could be a hell? Are you, are you asking me? Yeah, honest question, honest question. Um, I, I'm worried that I'll put, I'll spin us off on a trail if I, if I answer that question the way I honestly feel. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Right there okay. with you. That's, that's so we're, good. we're on the same page. Okay, cool. Cool. I don't find myself a Christian. 
Uh, I am spiritual. I am religious in my own sense. I don't really practice it, but it is part of my blood. You know, I'm Norse. That's what we do. I don't really do shit anymore, right? Anywhere. So when I was young, I grew up in West Tennessee. You know, I grew into my ears, if you could imagine. That's why I have such big headphones, because my ears are enormous. Can't hear shit. Might fly away. We don't know. 50-50 shot. I grew up into my ears. I was probably seven, eight years old, maybe nine, somewhere around there. My mom, you know, we just had the restaurant for about a year or so, just getting into the rigmarole, you know. Um, I would spend late nights at the restaurant. You get the idea, okay? My dad also moonlit as, as a maintenance technician, so he would go to work in the afternoon, come back, open the, you know, on the way home, open the restaurant, and you get the idea of rinse and repeat. So my dad takes off to go to work with his motorcycle out of nowhere. Now, mind you, West Tennessee is Tornado Alley for a reason. One night, he rides the motorcycle to work. I guess he didn't check the weather. I'm not sure. We don't know. Um, <laughs> who knows with my father? Uh, it just started pissing on us and hailing and just storming. You, you couldn't see 10 feet out the door. I lived in the country. You could see the country. Lived right on the hill, you know, a little, little like crescent view of, of just cornfields and just fields. And trust me, I used to play in them as a kid. Massive backyard. You couldn't see anything. My dog, the dog that we kept outside, Keisha, you know, little pit bull mix. Oh, sorry, American bulldog. Sorry for my Canadian friends. Um, they're like, what the fuck's pit bull? It's an American bulldog. Um, <laughs> the same shit. I don't know why. So, but we, we, my, my uh, dad had brought her in for some reason. So I'm guessing maybe he did think it was going to storm and it should be clear up in the morning. I don't know. Again, not my father. So we're all inside and it's just pissing down on, you know, thunder, lightning, cracking. And it's, dude, it tense is, is I remember feeling like paranoid, like on edge. And then like, you know, as the camera, you know, pans in two, three, five to one, zooms in cinematically, the picture opens up with a motion, the phone rings as it would do in the first act. My mom answers it and it's my brother. Now, how does that happen? Is this a future, you know, back for forward times, Quentin Tarantino, Star Wars shit? No, it's not. I have an older brother, I'll explain. My mom was married three times, John, Bob, John. The last John is my dad. The first John is my brother's dad. Moving on. That makes my mom like she was like 15 or 16 years older than my dad. So it totally works out. My brother, yeah, you know. Anyway, so he calls, just screaming, the devil's in the house. He's trying to kill us. And I hear this, and I'm not sure what's going on because at that point in time, I'm seven, eight, nine years, I didn't believe in the devil. That's, I'm sorry. There were so many things in the world, lying king included, you know, and trying to, if I got good grades and graduated to the next, I got to, you know, 20 bucks and that was like, you know, good job. And then I got to work in the restaurant. I loved that shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't have time to worry about heaven and hell. You know what I'm saying? I had Power Rangers to make sure I watched, you know, recorded wise and because I'm already, you know, so many other things to worry about already. Taxes right around the corner didn't really care about devil. You know, my mom just goes sheer white. That I remember. I remember looking at the phone and seeing the, you know, the bright green, like a luminescence from the corded phone. It was dark green, 
bright green, you know, the illumination shit, answers it, and just, she goes pale white. Now, white people, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you, there's a certain shade of white where you just glow in the dark. That's the truth, okay? I, I kind of felt that, I didn't say she illuminated, but like I could see her a little bit, you know, more pale because of all the candles that were, you know, like there, I could see there was a visibly an issue, sure. So then she goes, okay, and then the line goes dead. Like, for those of you who don't know, that's, you know, dial tone, dude. You can actually use that to tune guitars, moving on. Um, yeah, it's possible. I think it's an A. I don't know. Ask a guitarist, but you can use that to tune guitars. I've seen people do it. Uh, it's fucking weird. I don't know why I know that. Oh, I mean, I used to play music, but that's, that's, that's an interesting little tidbit. So my mom hangs up the phone, obviously, and then, you know, calls my dad on his pager, right? That's, that's dating me, okay? And she hangs up the phone. She's like, hey, everything's going to be okay. She's calming us down. I'm like, what the fuck are you calming me down for? Like, what's going on? Like, I don't even, I'm seven years old, eight years old. Like, it's just a rainy day. My brother's drooling everywhere, you know, scratching his ass. Like, you know, he's five, six, he doesn't give a shit. The dogs are like worried, you know, in the bedroom and shit, you know? And I'm like, I mean, is someone in the house? Like, I'll go beat him. I was like, I didn't give a shit, right? And so then my dad calls back and he's, you know, there's a pay phone. He didn't use the work phone or whatever because he worked third shift. So the offices were locked and they didn't have, you know, another phone except for like in the manager's office or something. But, so he's using the pay phone and I could hear the rain on the phone, you know? And uh, he's like, all right, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll go over there and find out, hang on, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then very, very hurried conversation. The, so the pace was set, okay? Well, my dad, told my mom he was just going to go over there, okay? But for some reason, where he worked, it would have been 15 minutes for him to go there by himself on his motorcycle. No big deal, okay? Especially when it's pissing cats and dogs out, you know? He decided to drive 30 minutes back home to get us, I guess. That part, again, doesn't make any sense to me. But I remember we all loaded up in my dad's little S10. He had like a 1987, 1988 uh, Chevy S10. It was a stick shift. And it worked out because they had, the it was like the third row seating, you know, with the, the you could sit behind the person that's driving kind of down and then buckle yourself in. Yeah, I don't know if we buckled ourselves in, but we were in that thing. Um, my brother saw in logs, you know, my little brother saw in logs and we, just start careening down these country roads, sidewinding and just, you know, moving in every turn and like trying to, to make sure you're not hurled from the car, you know, spinning wildly, frantically, uh, and lights everywhere, you know, sh sounds, sweats, emotions, everything was running rampant, you know, uh, thoughts darting back and forth, you know, um, illuminated by my mom frantically chain smoking cigarettes in the front seat. And then we find ourselves, you know, Barreling, in, barreling into the, you know, the base of the driveway at my brother's house, and I could see lights flickering on inside. It was like a storm was also inside of his house, you know. And as soon as we pulled up, my dad kicked open the door, and he turned to see, say something to my mom, which was compute, completely muted out when I caught the glimmer of, you know, the glisten of the rain mixed with sweat on the back of my dad's neck, and watched every hair stand up straight. And it happened to me too, as it's happening now. That house did not feel right. And my dad just started dart. He just jumped out and he slammed the door. My mom's screaming his name. You know, he's, I, you know, 
his army. What do you, that's what they do. You know what I mean? Then I, I, you know, I commend him for that. After a few minutes of my mom frantically screaming out and not hearing any kind of return, because you couldn't see the front of the house except for the lights every now and then would flicker through the rain. It was that much rain and lightning. Every, every, you know, it seemed every time I would do lighting, the house would shift and move. But that's just light, you know, playing tricks to so the perception of reality. I then, for some reason, get up the notion to climb out of the truck. And I'm instantly, the rain almost knocked me down to the ground right next to the fucking truck. All right, I make it to the front door. My dad is about the size of Jesse Ventura. Uh, people Google that. He was an old wrestler, big dude. All right, big dude, big dude. And he's laying his entire body weight into this door, which opens you know, forward. He's also not a dumb dude, so he would know that. He's trying frantically to get this door open. So then he jumps down as he's, you know, he was two or three minutes watching me, you know, what, what can I do? I'm a little kid, man. You know what I'm saying? He starts climbing this window. I should you not. I was like, I got this and just open the door and the pitch opens. Yeah. Freaky. So he goes, okay. And then he kind of like pushes me aside, but like he pushed me out of the way, then grabbed my shirt and pulled me through the door. I know, I know it was my dad because he like stopped me, you know what I'm saying? And he's, he's trying to take it, you know, like do his little like room clear army thing. I'm not sure what he was doing. I didn't really give a shit. All I paid attention was my brother was throwing stuff at something in the kitchen and Michelle and the kids, uh, two nephews and a, and a niece were in the bedroom to the left, directly left when you walk in, okay? And that door slams and she starts screaming, okay? Like just bloody fucking murder. Like it's hurting my ears now. And then I look forward to where the kids' room is. There's nothing there. You can't see anything in that hallway and it's like darker for some reason. And then there was like a small staircase that went upstairs to an office that you really couldn't make out because the door was closed at the top. And then around that was, you know, the bathroom where, you know, you would walk in and there was, they had the, Really cool iron tub, if you will. You know, very, it was a farmhouse. So a farmhouse bathroom, very typical of that. And then you would spin out on the side of that wall and there's your living room. And then behind the living room through the wooden arch doorways was the dining room. And then you would turn immediately to your left to a galley sized kitchen that would go out to a back porch straight up the house, you know, very farm style house. And um, my dad smashes into that door. And then as soon as he smashes into that door, the door slams behind him. And my dad like starts, I can see him jiggling the glass. I can still see the glass knob on the other just frantically jiggling and slamming on the door. What do I do? You know what I mean? What, what do you want? Uh, so I turn to, to my brother because my dad, it's my dad. You know, I was like, he's got it. He's, you know, no one can beat him up. You know, he's got it. So I was like, he'll handle that. And so then I turned to my brother because my brother's screaming. That's all I can hear now is my brother's going, no, don't let it get me. Fuck you. And just going off on something that's in the kitchen, you know. And I, so I come around because you couldn't really quite make it out because at this point she had like some uh, big ferns or some trees or stuff in this little corner, I guess, trying to negative space or something. I'm not sure, but you know, you couldn't really make out what was going on. She so had to walk around, you know, and I did. And I saw, and I looked to my brother because I didn't think to look anywhere else. You know, it's my brother, he's my older brother. We're here to help you, bitch. That's what we're going to do. And so I'm looking at him and he's just as pale white throwing just anything he could grab his hands on you know at one point uh he had he threw uh pops he like you know soda pops i remember he was throwing knives silverware um he threw a bowl 
there was just a t just everything he could grab off the table, you know, tables knocked over and stuff. And I heard like this, this like, it was like a deafening silence coming from the kitchen. I know that fucking sounds weird, man. And I'll always remember this. And I walk in, I go, who are you mad at? And I turn over and I, <laughs> oh man, um, I see this figure. But more importantly, this figure sees me. And we have, um, it, this is real, okay? And so I go, who are you? I don't remember stepping, and it's a pretty decent dining room. I don't remember, I, I very well could have walked up. I just don't remember that, okay? But it did feel like I floated up to this thing. I got very strong vibes, like very surly vibes from it, but I can't, I, I didn't see any features, you know? And so I just kept thinking in my head, who are you? What are you, like, what's going, I'm so much confusion. And this, this, this person in a very deep and guttural voice, and that's what I remember was deep and guttural, says, not you, not right now. And then turns, lights a cigarette, exhales, and as it exhales, it dissipates off into smoke into the back. And it was like all the lights in the house came on and everything, gravity just kicked back in. The door opens up in the front. My mom barrels in the front with my little brother screaming and everything like that. And then it stopped raining. I don't know what that means. But here's what I got from that. I don't, it doesn't really matter what you believe in. It doesn't. It's how you react to a situation. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if I was younger and I tried to attack whatever entity or spirit that was, I probably could have ended up like the paranormal activity movies. You don't know, but I didn't because I'm great. But anyways, I'm kidding. But no, the point is, is like, you know, I had a hard time looking at religion when that happened to me, you know, and that's real. A lot of people would argue that it could be manifestations of this and that I don't give a shit. You know, because honestly, I've used that to do good in life. So is, is that such a bad thing? I didn't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had a terrible fucking childhood. I won't lie to you, you know, but I think that from that terrible childhood and the shit that I endured, uh, I'm going to be the one changing force that changes, you know, the record. That's the point. You know, if the circle can only continue until you step out. That's it. That's it. You know, who am I to say that, uh, you know, people have to live their life a certain way or think a certain way or do a certain thing? Yo, I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> no, I want to be responsible for you having a good time. I mean, I've always been in the pleasure business. You know, I, we've heard that quote before and we know who said it. But it is the truth. The only issue is. Who said that? Who said I only want to be in the pleasure business? Anthony Bourdain said, I, uh, I'm in the pleasure business. It's something along those lines. Very loosely quoted there, but he is known for saying that he's, he's been in the pleasure business. Um, my point, 
I'm seeking approval from those fucking assholes, from the people who would, you know, want to, to, you know, cancel whatever culture or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeking the approval of those per people. You know, I was the kid growing up that then, you know, the, the, the nerdy kids were like, no, man, you're not nerdy enough to hang out with us. And like, they're rather mean to tell you the truth. Like getting an insulted by a jock is one thing. It's just kind of unknown to shrug off and like, oh, you dweeb. And, you know, and that's the end of it. Getting rejected by a nerd, though, they describe it like it's worse. <laughs> like they, they break it down for you formulaically. And then, in you know, if that's a word, it's, shit, I'm using it, but. It, it, I remember like some of my biggest bullies actually being nerds truthfully like I do remember that and eh, call it trauma whatever but at least I didn't go like you know punching kids and beating kids up and like you know down a certain path with my life destructive sure. but only n-word really but I feel like I don't know did you just I say the n-word no I said, no I know, no I know I know. I had to get onto somebody. I had to get onto somebody the other day for dropping that around me. I was like, "Could you not?" And it was in the gas station. You so said like, "N word, not the N word." Yeah, I know. I'm oh just, yeah. But like, I'm just no. High this being person, stupid. no. This person straight up said it, and I was like, "Could you just not?" Like that's part of the problem. And then like, yeah, that's the cashier awful. was clapping, and I'm like, "Well, you're right, but like, don't do that. He just needs to leave. You know, there's no place for racism ever anywhere. Yeah. You yeah. know, but you know, it's it's. I want people to take this away if you just listen to me drone on you know as much as i get a chance to talk about myself and that's great and all it's not about me though it's about taking what i've learned and taking what i've known and passing that on you know i wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for chefs like you know augustus escoffier the grandfather of everything you know uh uh paul bacuz you know anthony bourdain gordon ramsay marco pierre white do i need to keep going you know, if I'm that generation who was on the receiving end and watching, you know, Food Network Star or this and that, you know, I watched these things, man, you know, no one's writing about that perspective yet. You know, sure as shit, nobody knows how to because we were told back then, keep your fucking head down to the cutting board and don't ask questions. Well, how the hell am I supposed to learn to ask questions? Now you're in dishes. Well, yeah, I did a lot of dishes, but that's my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to do a lot of dishes to learn the rest of it. A lot of people, when you ask them, why are you cooking? They will tell you for a paycheck. That's the truth. And then you hear, because it's passionate, or I find a passion in it. Well, then why doesn't your food taste passionate? You know, I've made some terrible meals. No one's fucking perfect. <laughs> That's the truth. Nature herself isn't even perfect. But we love her for her, her, for her imperfections. It makes her her. Whereas, you know, failing a few meals here and there, when you ask me to cook something that's not out of, you know, my, my, my forte, yeah, if I fuck it up, I apologize. It's a terrible meal. You know what I'm saying? I would hope that in this lifetime, I would get a second chance to impress. If I'm only given one chance, then I, I don't like that scrutiny and I no longer want, you know, to associate with that. I'll take the L. Yeah. So people don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about chefs, I just, and it's on my mind, I wanted to thank mm -hmm. you. You have, uh, <clears throat> before I talk about the chef, um, you've made some really cool, like you've sent me some really cool stuff. We message each other, you know, we're sending messages back and forth and you've sent me some really cool stuff. Um, namely, 
you tipped me off to in innovative industrial properties, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a company that kind of for folks that haven't listened to the episode uh, or the, the episodes in which we've talked about this. Um, it's a company that buys up real estate and leases it back to cannabis companies here in Illinois, but all over the United States. You can look into them, innovative industrial properties. Um, so thank you for, for that, because that was really cool and digging into that and learning how all that works. It was really fascinating. Another thing you did um, was hook me up with uh, Hell's Kitchen Chef, speaking of Gordon Ramsay, right? Isn't he? Am mm -hmm. I? Hi? Okay. Yep. I'm not totally like familiar with all this stuff. You're more familiar with that stuff than I am. So I wanted to be sure, but yeah, you hooked me up with Heather, uh, who was a hell's kitchen chef and cooked one of the last meals for Dennis Hoff, a pimp, mm -hmm. a licensed pimp, a legal pimp in Nevada. And that was a really, really cool interview that mm -hmm. I wouldn't have even imagined having met you and talked cannabis that you would have been able to facilitate that for me. So I wanted to like, thank you. Cause that was like super cool for me. And like I told you in messages, like I've been in or I've been <clears throat> researching this for like the better part of this, e this whole year, like almost oh. half a year now. And so for you to have given me that, like, or for, give it, you know, introduce, introduced me to that person. Um, that just meant a lot to me, you know, and that was, that was really cool of you and a cool experience for me. Cause like she sent me <laughs> several photos, which we'll, we'll include, or we'll try to post, you know, as much as we can of her with Dennis Hoff on the last day he was fucking alive. Like mm -hmm. it was crazy, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just weird how that all worked out, you know? Um, we won't talk about how, you know, and, I'm a very humble individual, so I, I thank you. But, you know, there, there's – who wouldn't do that, right? Um, it's funny because Oh, I should also happen, say – I'm sorry. I have to cut yeah, you off and say yeah. that when I asked you what can I do to – like I was like, dude, this is such a huge scoop when I've privately asked you what I could do. And you literally told me uh, donate to St. – What was St. Jude's. Saint Jude's. <laughs> and I was like – okay i could do that but like what do you you know yeah it was an interesting response i didn't expect it and in fact i tweeted it and a lot of people retweeted it and favorited it i didn't say it was you at the time but if oh, you were sorry. wondering that was rodney so <laughs> i look at it this way man i mean i'm a very blessed individual uh blessed by whatever gods you want to whatever positive connotation you need to put to that um, it's the word I'm using and I appreciate you. I do. And I appreciate namely what you do with your community. So obviously if I've got some kind of, you know, um, fucking, you know, bridge or something, I'm going to connect it, man. I like watching that. That's what it's about. I would rather see someone else succeed than try and succeed myself. You know, I've only gotten so far in life and that's cool. But if I can, you know, nail something then I'm going to try to, and I've, I found it interesting because you dropped Dennis's name and I'm like, that name rings a bell. And I was like, and I fucking know why. And before I said something, I had to go and confirm that it was, you know, Dennis and it was. And I was like, what if I could put you with a person who was, you know, the day he died? And you're like, no way. Because here's why. And it, the, the story why might surprise you. So when it happened, I thought she was like an assassin. I thought she was sent there by Hell's Kitchen to assassinate <laughs> him or something because he died. 
She came back home on a plane to, I didn't know what was going on. I was also very high when it happened. It looked really sketch and sus at the time. So I was just like, we're just going to chill and let this, this kind of blow over. She never went to prison. I just assumed that it was natural. It, it was unfortunate drug use and things of that nature. Um, I think it was a myocardial infarction. Was it um, a heart attack? I, actually, yeah. I think it was yeah. just a heart attack. I don't know that that they directly said it was a result of drug they didn't use say or anything. They, yeah, but. they didn't say that. It was the, I. That's my own personal opinion just by looking at the way that he lived his life. But that's nothing negative reflected towards the man. It's fine. Uh, at the same time, it's just, you know, <laughs> being friends with Heather, you know what I'm saying? And then watching this entire thing happen, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to watch someone actually go to prison. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> And then I kind of like tiptoed through the tulips for a couple of years with it. No, I'm just kidding. We were always friends. I, I straight up asked her, I was like, yo, what happened? She was like, I'm devastated. He was such a nice guy, yada, yada, yada. And she was out there with another, I think, another contestant from Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely mortified at what happened, man. You know, it just, it's, it's shocking. That's traumatic as shit. I remember she didn't use social media for a month and I have her number, you know, obviously. And she texted me. She was like, man, I'm not right. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I wasn't attracted to him, but like I was attracted to his energy. You know, like I, I liked that energy and he was just a chill dude, you know, very down to earth. And like she was describing, you know, a lot of these things. I was like, that's cool as shit. But like, you know, and that's really when I started kind of, you know, um, helping her with stuff. Like, you got to let that go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to keep going, keep on trucking and shit like that. And uh, that's how I got to know her, man. You know, a little bit here and there. Um, and then yeah. I, after that, like, just kept in touch. And then fucking fast forward to when you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, there we go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you again. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. the story she had was super cool and like, she's um, super cool. Yeah, she was super cool. She was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I had, I, I was just cool to, to be able to recount. Um, and we even talked after the show and had a bunch of stories that I can't share on air, uh, that were pretty wild. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was crazy timing how that all worked out and uh i'm thankful to have been able to connect with her and the fact that she was a hell's Ki kitchen chef i didn't even fucking realize that until she like oh. dropped it and i was like damn that, that i mean that sounds familiar that like when she said hell's kitchen chef i was like yeah that sounds pretty legit mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. imagine having you know a, a person who's been on tv you know national tv like that um call you and be like hey i don't know what to cook for dinner tonight what the fuck do you mean you don't you know the, all the people you could call like what do you what do you want and so then when i was like you know what fuck you fried bologna she's like you know what that actually sounds really and she you know she she ate it i think but you know it's cool man that's cool as shit and that's all 100 her fault 100 yeah. percent her fault she had to be friends with me well, we will be the the episodes are actually out right now. So for folks, if they're interested in seeing that episode with Heather, it's chillinoid.net slash sex. And actually, I, I she gave me <laughs> yep. So chillinoid.net slash sex. She gave me what I think was a compliment. She said that my conversation, and I think she said this actually on the show. So you saw, okay. you know, you can hear this. Um, she said our conversation reminded me or reminded her of a conversation with you. 
So I don't know whether or not to take that as a compliment or if she was like saying something about you, you know? So listen, (laughs) here's no, you're right. You're right. Here's the only good thing that I can actually do for my viewers, followers, people listening to my voice, pretend, you know, me. And then when I'm dead, take a day off work on me. You're happy. That's it. That's the only positive thing. I'm kidding. No, I think that's a good thing, man. Cause she's good people. She really is. And, uh, I really like watching her raise her young son. You know what I'm saying? That's really cool. A little intimate and yeah, we're friends. So it's not weird. I like watching that man. I like watching, you know, how she makes these steps, bro. I rather, I'm much more interested in that than I am fucking game of Thrones. You know, game of Thrones isn't bad. Who gives a shit? It's just Shrek. It's the story of Shrek. Think about it. I love Shrek. I love Shrek too. Why don't I like Game of Thrones? That's what that's what they said in the Game of the Thrones and stuff. And then there was dragons and shit. And then the one fucking dragon (laughs) ate the other. Come on, man. You know my point. Heather's amazing. So if she said that to you, she's she's probably trying to compliment you as well as paying homage to me. She is that kind of person. I love her to death. I do. I really, really do. I mean, like, I I think that, like, I'm just enamored by it. You know, I, yeah, I, I get to take that. You know, I, I created that. That's kind of fucking cool, man. I'm happy about it. But, like, at the same time, I mean, I'll gush about it later. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. But I don't want to get caught up in that moment, man. I want to keep, you know, creating my own Godzilla movie. You know, I want to keep you know, just doing what I'm doing and deliciously dope is that look, it's already connecting shit. And that's the whole entire fucking point. You know, these connect these things that you never thought were possible at all, ever. You know, I never thought that I would sit down with, you know, you know, Cole from Chillinoise podcast. I never thought that I would sit down with the pop brothers of law. I never thought that I would be sitting down with half of the people that I'm sitting down with, but it's happening. You know, we're filming uh, some new stuff coming up. That's pretty dope. You know, um, I started doing my own videography for shit and editing. You know, I'm getting pretty decent at it. It's pretty cool. I'm happy. You know, I don't just say that lightly. There are some things that I am devastated about in my life. I won't lie to you. And we have those things, those bugaboos, if you will. Those things that we just backburner shit, right? We know it's there. It's an annoyance. We'll get to it. We just need to keep moving, right? But we soldier on, you know, and, and that's the truth of it. And if you don't put a happy connotation to your life and find the small little things that resemble even the, the tiniest essence of a smile and laugh at situations, I mean, what are you doing? If I can't pull comedy from things and laugh at them instead of getting angry at them, what do you expect of me? You want me to get mad at them again? I mean, what do you want me to do? You know, so it's like telling somebody, hey, you need to change, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, but like, could you be a little bit more specific? Like, should I change my clothes? Should I change, you know, what do you want me to do to fit your image? And then when you say that to that person, they're like, oh, well, um, and that's what I thought. And then, you know, just pay your taxes, move on. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just another dude that's going to bitch about it. <laughs> that's the truth of it. I mean, we need more opinionated people, but we need more nihilistic opinionated people because too many people are involved in, you know, whether it's a religious thing or politics or, or they're, you know, want to just validate their own existence to invalidate these people's existences. Holy shit. Can we stop fighting and just start smoking weed and eating food? 
that's really kind of where I'm at with it. Like, can we just, there's no point in, why are we still having wars in 2022? Why? Why? You know, why are we actively, you know, having to, uh, why is governments having to apologize about testing, you know, using a fucking prison, a privately owned prison as a testing facility with agents, uh, what was it, agent chemicals from Asian Orange? They just apologized. Oh, sorry, guys. Are, are you kidding me? We won't talk about, you know, Tuskegee if we want to go back. You don't, we don't want to talk about, you know, all of the fucking, you know, prisoners, or excuse me, not prisoners, but children, Native American children's bodies that they found buried in Canada. We don't want to talk about the fucking, you know, the unnicenesses of the world. You know, we want everything rainbows, butterflies, and cupcakes. Those are great things, don't get me wrong. But the problem is, life isn't always going to be pretty. So you're telling me that watching a, a you know, two geese and their family, you know, kind of go off into the sunset and lake is kind of beautiful and elegant and, and shit like that. You're right. That's dope as hell. I dig it. But at the same time, what if one of those ducks got eaten by a crocodile? Not so much beautiful, right? Didn't think so. That's my point. So you have to understand that there's balance to all of things. If we can't balance things out, then how are we going to, you know, even achieve social equity, you know, true social equity, things that are, you know, for the people, by the people, you know, et cetera. How do we, how are we able to sit here and say that we fully understand if you don't see the opposite thereof? That's what people don't pay attention to. To So to, you know, sum up my very long-winded point here, I just want to be a better person by passing on what I learned from better people about being a better person that and smoking weed <laughs> hell yeah dude hell yeah man well um it's every sunday or no sorry every friday uh, i was thinking about my podcast every friday <laughs> there's a new deliciously dope tv episode of deliciously dope tv correct you got it yeah every friday seven o'clock uh primarily on youtube that's a platform that I'm playing with uh also yeah real quick pipeline Let's uh, used to be WeedTube. Let's give them a huge shout out right now. I love love their platform. Love everything that it is. Yeah. I've been a fan of it for the last few years now. You're going to see some older content on there from you and me. You know, definitely go check them out. It's called Pipeline now. I I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still the WeedTube, but their their social media uh, platform is called the okay. Pipeline. Yeah. Little confusing, y'all. We'll figure it out. But you know, it's cool. My bad. But no, <laughs> I. I actually, I think I'm going to be sitting down here soon with someone from WeTube slash Pipeline just to get kind of like, yo, where did this come from? I dig it. You, you should. Know? They're they're cool people. Well, hell yeah. But that we're on there. Uh, we're on Instagram, obviously, Deliciously Dope TV. Uh, and then on Facebook, I can't post lives on Facebook because Facebook sucks. So, mm. you know, YouTube really is the best place to catch us. We did have a website until someone stole it and I refused to buy it. So I'll make another one later, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, pretty much anywhere. Sweet. Sweet. Now that well, I think about it, like, what I do really isn't that important. Really, I mean, it's, it's kind depends of... Depends on how you look at it. That's true. I just, I, I guess I really want to focus on, like, connecting people, and that is the truth. You know, I want to, you know... You ever had shashuka? No, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. Do you like do you like like a tomato like based a, sauce? 
Shashuka. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So Shashuka is a tomato-based breakfast with eggs in it. Okay. Not scrambled, but like boiled, hard-boiled, fried. It's it's interesting. Okay. And there's different variations for it in different countries. There's an Italian variation, obviously, from Italy. True Italy, uh, New World, obviously. Uh, then there's, you know, Irish variations I've seen. I've seen Hindu variations. I think I've seen the Hindu variation. But Shashuka, the one that I really like, is from Africa. It's got tons of cumin and shit in it. Um, there's, like, these rare little... Update your recipe, dude. You definitely should check it out. It's a breakfast, you know, kind of dish. Yeah. Really, really good over rice, from what I understand. Um, and then wakacha. I think it's called wakacha or wakata. Wakaka, I don't butchered that it's but basically the gist of it is any protein any kind of meat with rice and beans then go <laughs> you know what i mean it's 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 very simple and i'm finding that well i'm done watching americans fuck food up <laughs> yo random question what is on your sure. hat what does it say artifice is that it a brand says artifice yeah that's actually uh one of my favorite bands who are also oh, it's a from band. West Tennessee. Gotcha. Yeah, shout out guys. They just got off tour. Um, one of their last shows on tour, their last tour they were just on, they actually stopped and spent the night at my house and we got fucking high as balls. <laughs> <laughs> so it was gnarly as shit. I uh, love those boys. Been a huge fan of them ever since we were growing up. Got it, you know, shout out, man. Uh, check them out, artifice.com. Okay, interesting. I was just wondering, I didn't know. If it was like what it was, so they actually had a show planned uh, for Chicago on their tour, but it fell through because the promoter sucks. That's mm. the truth of it. Um, their words, not mine. But I was gonna hit you up and be like, "Hey, you should go to the show, get in for free, chit chat with them, smoke some weed, blah blah blah." Sure. It didn't end up doing the show. So, but they do love Chicago. So, fuck yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Chicago? Well, um, yeah, man. Speaking of Chicago, if you ever go there, holler. We can definitely put the put the air horn on that so that you can connect with our fellow Chilinoians. Is there anything you'd like to anything else you'd like to specifically talk about? You got any cool new upcoming episodes you want to uh, plug? I'm not exactly sure when this episode will drop, so keep that okay. in mind. But uh, hey, no worries. If you want to plug any recent episodes that you're really proud of or anything else, you know, go ahead. Um, I mean, yo, check it out. That's the truth. I, you know, talking about myself and, and, and making my own plugs is something I'm not very good at. Um, my not manager would tell you something different, but she's like, you got to like, I don't give a shit. Like pull out my phone and be like, who was even on the show? Cause I just fucking forget. I'm not good with names I, and stuff. I do have, you know, the new episode this week coming up with Sean Rossler from the course grind podcast this Friday, seven o'clock Eastern standard time PM. Check it out. Um, if you play, if you play this Xbox, Friday, you play Call the 18th of Duty. of November. Yep, this week. Yep. Listening. If you play Call of Duty, the new Modern Warfare, hit your boy up. Um, if you message me, I will add you. I'm not very good, but I will talk a little bit of shit here and there. That's pretty neat. Um, I don't know. I just got back into playing video games again. That's kind of cool. I don't know why that's important, but I do need like more friends. So eh, you know. There's something that I did want to ask you, if you sure. don't mind, not to kind of turn it around or something, but I am very curious, you know, and, and this is a question that I'm, I've been having from a lot of professionals, you know, that I've worked with now, um, be it whatever medium I'm using. And if you need to take time, fine. Um, 
since you began Chill and Noise podcast, since you began down this road of what you're doing, what is one thing that you've learned that you would say is the most important lesson? I mean, recently I just learned and uh, I, I feel like I just overthink things. So um, the first draft of any, anything is going to suck and you oh, yeah. can accept that. So put it out there, not only for yourself to be able to look at. And look, I'm not saying you have to put out your first fucking draft. Publish your first draft. Watch it a few times. You know, see if it looks good. See if you're delivering your message. If you're not sharp, don't put out something that you're not necessarily proud of. Like definitely put out something that you feel proud of, but don't overthink it. And I know that's a, it's a fine line of like, how do I do that? And that's, that's what I've recently learned. And I, it's hard to put into words exactly how people can know what that line is. But I guess the most important thing I can say is come up with what you can. How about that? Come up with what you can put that out there. And through time and public scrutiny, you might, and I'm just saying, if you're putting your shit out there, you need to, and I need to get better about this too, take, taking yeah. feedback. Everybody needs to get better about taking feedback. People also need to get better about giving feedback. You know, frankly, on the internet, and we all know this, it's a tale as old as time with the internet. People with, with, with you know, an anonymous accounts say things that just aren't even helpful, let's say. And that's what you have to that's what you have to figure out. Is this person saying something to be helpful or are they trying to destroy you? And if they're trying to like, you know, destroy you or whatever, get in get in your head, don't listen to them. And it's a lot easier said than done. But if you have to try to find the value in whatever they're saying because people will give you feedback and like I say, just to finish my thought, mm -hmm. After having reflected on something you've put out and hopefully when you have received some constructive feedback, then you can always improve that. Like, so for example, uh, you know, I've been over, I've really been overthinking this finale episode for my episode on legal sex. I'm going to try to like, and here's the thing I, I realized the other day, I was smoking weed the other day. And I was like, why am I calling it the finale? It's not like it's the last time I'm ever going to talk about this shit. Yeah, but you're looking for the good it, come shot credits. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, it's a, a, that's not how I would have described it. But yeah, I'm trying to nope. put a bow on all these conversations <laughs> because the way I opened the series, uh, which you know, for folks that haven't seen it, chillinois.net/sex. It's exclusively on Patreon right now. Um, I open the series and basically say, "Hey, here's what this is. Here's how it started." I have opinions about it, but I'm not going to share mine yet. I want you to hear all of this from the perspective of actual sex workers and people mm -hmm. that worked in and around the industry. So managers, the cook, you know, that, that uh, was kind of ancillary to the sex industry. I mean, she saw the inside of the brothels. So I wanted to hear what she saw and what she thought and at the end, and you can kind of gather if you listen to it based off of the questions I ask, maybe what I feel about it. But at the end, I kind of want to wrap it all in a bow, show people different interviews that were impactful to me, that stuck out to me, different, you know, little things that are like, whoa, check this out. And uh, just kind of want to put it all in a bow because a lot of people have been asking me, frankly, why the hell are you talking about this? <laughs> And I get it because it's like people think that it's like chill on oil. It's just a fucking weed podcast, dude. And it's it's 
uh, I mean, my description has been relatively consistent. You could probably look at it on the Wayback Machine if you really wanted to. But I've always said that this podcast, uh, at least as much as I can remember, I remember definitely starting it as a cannabis podcast, but always in the back of my mind, it was really about civil liberties, which is why I've had different people talk about different things, including like um, Nurse Kibra from, I think, I can't remember which state, but she talked about the fact that not only does she certify medical cannabis patients, but she also helps people um, in areas where cops aren't, you know, responsive, uh, that she helps those people get their concealed carry license so mm-hmm. that they're not going to get in trouble for having a firearm on them to defend themselves. I think that's an interesting topic to talk about. So that's an, another example of civil liberties, uh, sex, the uh, legal sex specifically in Nevada, which is what we talked about. There's many forms of legal sex, but we specifically talked about Nevada, um, that's a civil liberty. I actually didn't focus a lot on the sex work itself, which is something that I think because of the way I'm promoting it right now, a lot of people are misunderstanding. I'm kind of promoting it like, oh, we're talking to prostitutes, but it's really like, um, we're really talking about the working conditions. Like, what is it like? Is it bad? Is it because I have a feeling it's not great. And uh, yeah, you can see for yourself if you watch the interviews. So anyways, just to wrap everything, up i don't even know why i went on uh oh yeah i was overthinking what i'm calling the finale and frankly i've just decided you know what i'm gonna put together as much as i can as good as i can just like the advice i was telling you put it together as good as i can as much as i can get it and watch it i'm gonna watch it before i put it out and make sure i feel comfortable not you know i don't say anything stupid or you know verbal slips or whatever and put it out and over time I can revisit it. I can literally call it legal sex revisited, you know, mm-hmm. like and build upon all the thoughts and maybe even have new interviews. So I don't know. I was trying too hard to make it like a series. And um, what I realized is like, you know, podcasts really aren't that way. And it's really just more important to just get that information out there and people can put it together themselves, you know? Snake eyes, snake bite. What do you call it when snake the smoke gets in your eyes? The snake bite, right? I call it a fucking travesty. Yeah, it is uh, a travesty. It sucks, but, yeah, <laughs> but it I don't know. I don't know. But no, yeah. I've never heard um, that before. But anyways, yeah. Sorry to be so long winded on on your question, no, but I hope I answered it, it that's for fine. you. You did though. You did. You answered it the way that you were supposed to, which was you know the way that you did it. Otherwise, it wouldn't <laughs> have happened. You know, I I look at. I look at the you know seriousness of sex work. It's one of the oldest um, um, workforces. You know what I'm saying? It really is. You know, ever since another person was like, "Hey, I will have sex with you for money." I mean, there's more than than just that, but you know, that's the idea. That, that yeah. concept goes all the way back to cowboys, man. That's way it really does. back and that day. Th- th- I mean, that question though is, uh, th- I think the the real question, and this is what I'm trying to pose: Is it the world's oldest profession, or is it the world's oldest exploitation? There are two sides to this, you know. And I don't necessarily know how I feel about it. I lean towards decriminalizing um, all sex work, um, legalization. Yes, if there are worker protections. That's that's the thing. Um, there are no worker protections. In fact, some of these sex workers at some brothels have to work 
three week shifts, 24 hours a day. They have to go to sleep in their clothes and like, they like sleep, like, like, so they don't mess up their makeup and shit. And, uh, when the bell rings any time of day, any time of night, they have to get up, get in line and people like, so, so, but some of the sex workers I spoke to work at better brothels, you know, that do have things that are like, they, they are treated well, but the point is there is that spectrum and it's crazy that there are no worker protections. Like there's nobody they can call and be like, yo, uh, it's fucked up here. Can you like, like, you know, like they can't file like a OSHA thing really, or like, you know, I guess the food kitchen could get shut down because they do have like kitchens at most of these places. I guess that could happen, but it's not like anything that I've been led to believe could happen that would like lead them to being shut down for, for something. Well, even not that, you know, if their kitchen is shut down, that's a tax write off for them and the employee gets fucked over. They yeah. get fired, let go, et cetera. You know, so it's interesting because it's funny. You should point out, you know, the uh, discrepancies inside of the sex worker industry. It's the exact same in the restaurant industry. There's really nothing cannabis. to protect you. And in cannabis, as we're finding out sadly. So when you know, people and, ask me why I'm talking about this, I'm hoping it starts mm-hmm. to make sense. Oh, yeah. I just it, – it, it's very relevant, and here's why I think so. Um, yeah, you made it started with cannabis, and so then we anything cannabis-related, automatic. And then you start talking to more and more people and realize that, you know, it's one viewpoint of this massive world that we live in. You know what I'm saying? It's one perspective or, or one illustration thereof. However you want to look at it, whatever you got to, you know, do to sleep at night, fine. So I'm not going to take it away. But the fact is, this should exist everywhere. Who are we to say that it doesn't? And to, to disregard that, I think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. And we're finding out. Just by Googling some of your friends' names. I'm not saying I say that in jest, but there's this thing called OnlyFans now. You know what I'm saying? And so much so that teachers have OnlyFans to, in order to make more money in, in everything, whatever reasons, are losing their teaching jobs because of it. I don't think that's right either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What that does say is that teachers should be paid more money first and foremost. So let's just say that. So oh, I think yeah. that there's lessons, any perspective, you know, things that we could look at and take away as lessons and then take those lessons and apply it to your own, you know, whatever you take away from it, that's yours to keep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm just trying to put, you know, I'm, I'm sharing these perspectives, not an endorsement, not a, uh, you know, a diss necessarily. I mean, like I said, my, my penultimate episode, and again, it's not going to be that anymore. Like I said, I, I plan to continue to talk about it like I am now. It's not like I'm like holding it off. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I t- want to try to put my thoughts out there so that people may like know where I stand, which again, right. I'm just saying right now, I'm kind of like, I, I am kind of leaning towards decriminalization and, and legalization, just like I do with yeah. most other subjects. Um, you know, having said that it's like, you know, it's not a monolith, so it definitely needs, there's, there's a lot of improvements, but like we've said, we've circled this at this point. The same can be said for the cannabis industry, the food industry, mm-hmm. you know, teaching, you name it. So 
Um, so yeah, yeah, but it was super fascinating. And like I said, you, you definitely contributed to something that is a project of mine that I'm proud of and, um, thankful for that. So anyways, man, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm super duper baked and I need to go (laughs) and make some food and chill out right there with you, man. I'm, I think I'm going to, I don't know, man, I think ramen tell you the truth. Yeah. I don't know what I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but Stupid maybe, simple. Maybe I got some, some chicken. Chicken stock in the fridge, man. I'm gonna do some ramen. There you go. There Hell you go. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on, dude. I mean, these, I always try and catch the Chili Noise podcast, y'all. If you're not at chilinoise.net, you ain't doing it right. That's the truth. <laughs> you know. Uh, I do listen in. I really do. I hope that your logistics can tell you that. Otherwise, I'll screenshot it next time I do it. But it's in my playlist, you know, here in my YouTube shit. You know what I'm saying? So I go back and Okay, I'll be honest. I may not have clicked the the notification button. We'll make sure we get that taken care of right now. But the fact is, it is up there, man. So, you know, I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. And for folks uh, that are wanting to connect uh, with Rodney, it's Deliciously Dope TV. Check it Mm -hmm. out. It's a great show. Uh, Like you mentioned, I'm on it, but there are a lot of other big names on it. So definitely give it a listen. Watch it on YouTube every Friday. You said 7 p.m., right? Eastern Standard Time. Yep, yep. All right. So folks, check it out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Chill Only Podcast. Take care, everybody. Peace.